The way technology impacts your life, the latest news about technology, maybe some fascinating facts, you know, whatever, uh, mainly regarding mobile computing, stuff like that. So welcome back to Let's Talk Tech. It is episode three. Wow, okay, three episodes in so far. Um, welcome back, though, everybody. There's uh, quite a bit of news to talk about today. Uh, not a whole lot, though, uh, unfortunately, so this episode might be a little shorter than usual. I couldn't really find a whole bunch of interesting stories, but I do got some really good ones that I want to talk about in just a second. Uh, but welcome back, everybody, to Let's Talk Tech. Now, the first story, I just have to talk about this. This actually happened last week, but I missed an episode last week, so sorry about that. But this is just such a big story, I wanted to quickly talk about it real fast. And it's just, YouTube never learns. You know, they're just one of those companies that just gets hit controversy after controversy after controversy makes everybody who uses it just so frustrated. And yet they really, really, really don't care. So last week, YouTube was hit with just another sort of minor scratch on the back to them. Uh, but you know what? I mean, they just don't learn when it comes to these kinds of things. Uh, so they were put under fire for an experiment. Now, what that experiment was, I'm going to tell you in just a second. But first, I wanted to quickly mention that the Let's Talk Tech podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So two more uh, places you can listen to us now. We're available pretty much everywhere. Um, last episode I mentioned, we're now on Google Podcasts, a uh, bunch of places. So yeah, if you want to listen to Let's Talk Tech, we're now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you're going on the go, maybe you want to listen to podcast, you can download it and uh, stream it offline. So wherever you go, you can listen to the podcast. But let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about YouTube. So um, it really just seems like at this point, YouTube is just getting hit with a controversy every other week. I mean, it, 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 it's just insane. And I'm going to talk about that cycle that YouTube is in right now and how pretty detrimental it is in just a second. But let's go ahead and talk about their experiment. Now, uh, last week, the uh, video sharing website YouTube uh, was under fire yet again for another test or experiment that uh, many of its users and creators were very unhappy to see. Now, um, you may remember about a month ago when YouTube was under fire uh, for testing non-chronological order-based subscription feeds, and uh, this just faced major backlash. And uh, the way it was found out was that uh, someone just randomly tweeted them about it, and they said, oh yeah, 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 uh, we forgot to tell you guys, but <laughs> we're, we're testing this with a small amount of people. And once again, it just proves that YouTube has no communication with people at all. They don't let us know what's going on with YouTube. It's absolutely horrible. Uh, if there's one thing that YouTube needs to improve on drastically, it's how they treat us creators and how they communicate with people who use the platform because YouTube just doesn't. It's horrible. But this time, however, uh, YouTube is uh, under fire for a test that it ran with 0.3% of users. So 0.3%. Um, where these users would see auto-generated thumbnails generated by YouTube rather than the thumbnails that creators upload. So that little picture you see when you're picking out what video you want to watch, uh, basically instead of seeing the one that the creator specifically uploaded for you to see, 
Instead, you would just see the, uh, the uh, thumbnail that YouTube automatically picks. Now, um, as you might expect, <laughs> people were not happy with this at all. And the way we found out about this was, once again, people tweeting at YouTube. And then they're all like, oh, yeah, we were running an experiment with 0.3% of people. And, yeah, we, we kind of didn't tell you about this. <laughs> It's, it's just this horrible cycle where YouTube doesn't communicate with people at all. And then they wonder why they're under fire for stupid stuff like this when they don't tell us stupid stuff like this in the first place. Now, I have a solution for these kinds of problems. I'm going to tell it in just a second. But uh, YouTube claims that this short experiment uh, was used to, aim, uh, to gain insight on their auto-generated thumbnail system. And uh, they said that removing custom-made thumbnails isn't in the plan or anything. They were just trying to gain some insights on how those auto-generated thumbnails actually impact videos. Um, so it's not necessarily bad or anything. They just needed people to see those auto-generated thumbnails. Now, um, several several uh, video creators on website on the website um, came out with their own little tweets and stuff about this, condemning the news and um, just. I don't know. I feel like the backlash for this particular test wasn't exactly worth it, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> now here's the thing when it comes to uh, running pretty major tests like this. From a technical standpoint, uh, there's some things that you need to know. Uh, and the reason why I say major is not that 0.3% of people is major. I mean that drastically changing how the website appears to those 0.3% of people is actually major. Um, what you have to do for tests like this is if someone notices and they don't like it, you should just let them opt out. It's, it's not that difficult. I mean, this is just something that YouTube, Google in general, is just notoriously terrible for. They just don't let people opt out. They run all kinds of different versions of their uh, of their products and don't tell you about it, don't give you any kind of options. They just sort of, oh yeah, you've been put into this group, you're going to see this certain version. It, it's just something that Google's been pretty terrible for. Um, it's something that they could improve if they wanted to, but I mean, if, if a user sees a change like this, absolutely hates it, this is a test that you're running, and you gave them no option to opt in for. You've made it look like this for them. In my opinion, you should just let them opt out, but that's my opinion. Uh, YouTube could just be so much better when it comes to testing new features like this. In the past, YouTube was great about this, and uh, nowadays it's just someone tweets about something they noticed. YouTube then responds, oh yeah, that was an experiment we're running. Then people find this tweet, and there's major outrage about this tweet. And people make videos about it, tweet about it, yell and rage about this stupid decision. Then news outlets pick it up and write their own articles about it. And then nothing ends up happening and it all dies off a few weeks later. I mean, within the past week, I, I mean, within the past year, I really want to say that this happened at least three or four times. I mean, this is a horrible cycle that needs to stop. Either you lay off the testing or you present the testing in a much better way. Now... I said I have a proposal on how to fix this. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's really simple. Just start using YouTube Test Tube again. You have probably never heard of YouTube Test Tube, even though it was featured at the very bottom of the website for years. Years. And it's technically still around over at youtube.com slash test tube, but there hasn't been any test on it anymore 
and there hasn't been any for like a year. So um, they really don't use this part of the website anymore. But what YouTube test tube was is it was this little hub where you could opt in to things that they were testing. So when they were testing the 4K 60 frames per second videos, you could opt into that. Um, when they were redesigning the website, they had options for you to opt into that. Um, there's been nothing on this page for a very long time, and that's been very unfortunate because here you have the perfect spot for users to opt in or opt out of testing, and it's the perfect hub for people like myself who are willing to test out this kind of stuff if you give us the option, and we're willing to give you feedback on this, um, but YouTube clearly just doesn't want to give get feedback on this kind of stuff. They just sort of want to run it, little tests, and gain whatever insight they can. Now, honestly, in my opinion, test tubes should just be reopened, and YouTube should start using it to avoid nasty controversies like this. It's the perfect way to break the cycle, and it makes you way more open with the, your users on, on the platform. I think every website should have something like this. Every app should have something like this. Um, but there is one problem with this, and that is... A lot of testing that programmers want to do, they don't want it to be opt-in, opt-out. Kind of like TestTube is. TestTube is opt-in or opt-out. Here's why. Because they're trying to gain useful insights and data from unsuspecting users. They don't want you to sort of really drastically notice this change so that they can get unbiased, sort of generally really accurate feedback. Um, this is why YouTube hasn't been using TestTube and won't be using TestTube for a long time. I'm just saying that these nasty controversies could be avoided if you would just use YouTube TestTube. So yeah, that is this week's YouTube controversy. I wish I was kidding, but it seems like these YouTube controversies happen every other week. So uh, tune in next week for YouTube burning puppies or something horrible like that. I mean, come on guys. YouTube, will you ever learn? Alright, I've got some quick stories that I just want to go ahead and fire off real fast. Um, they're just real fast headlines that I saw this week were really funny and uh, interesting and all that. Um, but I just didn't want to dedicate whole five minute segments to them each. So first of all, Sony Pictures this week accidentally uploaded an entire movie of theirs to their YouTube channel instead of the trailer. How does that even happen? I mean, surely someone would have noticed, hey, this upload's taking a long time. Mm, I wonder what's wrong. And how does the person who's supposed to be maybe the social media manager or whatever, how do they have access to the full movie? I mean, this could just be a publicity stunt. I don't really know, but the fact is they accidentally uploaded the whole movie instead of the trailer, and then they took it down a couple hours later. But that is just, uh, that is brilliant. Great job, Sony. Um, this week, leaked pictures released of Samsung's new Android Go smartphone, and it's uh, pretty obvious that Samsung really hates stock Android because this brand-new uh, Android Go smartphone um, is running Samsung Experience rather than uh, stock Android, which is a first for Android Go smartphones. Now, um, interesting to see that Samsung is working on some more lightweight, sort of cheaper phones. For those of you who don't know what Android Go is, it's basically a very lightweight version of Android for those uh, very cheap devices. Um, it's intended for markets where people aren't willing to spend a whole lot of money on smartphones, so they've created sort of a special version of Android that is specially designed for these cheaper 
um, less expensive phone. So Android, uh, Samsung's working on Android Go smartphone. Um, Samsung just hates stock Android. They put their own Samsung experience on every single phone they have. I personally hate Samsung experience. Is why I will never buy a smartphone again. Some people absolutely love it. I just prefer stock Android. I've talked about this before on the podcast, um, but uh, I just don't like Samsung experience. I think it's nasty. Um, but anyways, uh, other quick news. Uh, here's uh, another Samsung story for you guys. And that is this week, Samsung phones randomly started texting people pictures without their permission so it would just send out random pictures to random contacts um without your permission you wouldn't even know about it uh, so i d- have no idea how that happens uh but the samsung messages app went haywire this week and uh ooh, that's just not fun other news this week android p developer preview 4 released um there are a bunch of changes in there or not really a bunch there's quite a few changes in there uh, very minor stuff uh but uh, Android P is finally taking shape. Apparently, that is the near final release, and so we can expect Android P later this summer. I've talked about Android P before on the first episode, so if you want to hear my opinion on Android P, you can. I quite like it. Um, there's quite a few changes that I really don't like in Android P, but oh well, you win some, you lose some. But yeah, Android P Developer Preview 4 released this week. <laughs> This week on controversies that randomly popped up, even though this practice has been going on for years, people were outraged at Gmail for allowing third-party app developers to access people's emails. Apparently, there's some crime in doing that. This has been going on for years now, and it's not even something sneaky. So here's what happens. Say you are downloading, maybe you're, instead of using Gmail, you want to use a a different app. Uh, I'll just say Yahoo, for example, or something like that. And so you download the app, and you don't want to create a Yahoo account, and you just want to be able to use their app because their app is so much better than Gmail. And so what you do is you download the Yahoo app, and you sign into your Google account, and you you tell Google that, hey, I want to give permission to Yahoo to access my emails so I can view my emails in Yahoo's app or whatever. And uh, so Yahoo sends a request, hey, this person signed in, you know, I, they want to give me permission to view their emails so I can put it in my app. This has been going on for years now. I want to say this has been allowed for at least six years or something. Uh, these apps can request permission to view your email and you have to give that app permission manually it's not just google giving away your emails to whoever wants it i mean that would be ridiculous um and so people there was a report from the wall street journal uh on july 2nd i believe it was oh no look google gives people permission to view your emails you it's just not true that's not what's going on uh, there's a very good chance that you've actually given an app or two to view your Gmail if, um, say, maybe you used a third-party uh, mail app or something. So, for example here, if I go ahead and look here at the list of apps that have access to my Google account, I can see here, you know, there's one app that has permission to view my Google Docs and Google Drive and all that, and uh, there's another app here that just has access to who I am. And there's another app here that has access to my Google Play for whatever reason. 
And here's another app that has access to my YouTube channel for whatever reason, or YouTube account, I should say. And then here at the very bottom, I can see here I've got an app, uh, Windows actually, has permission to read my Gmail, access my calendar, my contacts, and who I am. And um, the reason why Windows has access to view my Gmail is because a long time ago, about a year ago, um, I gave it permission to uh, view my email so I could use the mail app in Windows 10. So uh, if you don't like, say I don't like this app here that has access to my YouTube account, there's a big blue button that says remove access and poof, that app no longer has access to your account and problem solved. It's that easy. You can literally just go to this page. It's myaccount.google.com slash permissions to go ahead and just avoid this scenario entirely. I mean, this has been going on for years. Google's very open about this. Uh, you can give an app permission to read your email, and that app has explicit permission to read, send, delete, and manage your Gmail. It, it, it's been going on for years. So, honestly, this report's stupid, but you know what? It does bring up a good point, and that is, listen, everyone, check your privacy settings every now and then. It, it's not that hard. It, whether you use Google or you use another app, all of these apps give you a full list of other apps that have access to your account on there. Google here, I'm looking at it right now, they have a nice list of every single third-party app that has access to my data in some way from Google. So just check your privacy settings every now and then. It, Google has a nice like little privacy checkup thing that you can do. It it doesn't hurt. We live in an age where people or data mining companies are trying to collect as much data on you as possible so they can make a nice buck or two on you. It, it, it doesn't hurt to check your privacy settings every now and then. You see something suspicious, maybe you see an app you don't like, just hit that remove access button, poof, it's gone entirely, you know, pro problem solved in the future. So yeah, that is the controversy this week that uh, really shouldn't have happened, but it's a good reminder. Check your privacy settings and stay safe out there. While we're on the subject of privacy, which online nowadays is a very important issue and people should be aware of their privacy rights at least, um, there was an interesting report this week from researchers at Northeastern University who basically went out and tried to disprove the age-old conspiracy theory that apps are always listening to you, saying or collecting what words you say, and then using that to target ads against you. So if I talk, you may have seen YouTube videos about this, I go and I, 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 I open up Google.com and I go, dog food, dog food, dog food dog toys talk about dogs you know dogs are really nice you know do i really want a dog so badly you know dogs are great you know they're the best animals ever and then they go check a couple of websites and see if they get advertisements for dogs or dog related ads this 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 hasn't really been a thing. It's not like websites and apps are always listening to you, even if they have permission to listen to your microphone. Uh, but there has been a couple of apps that have done this, so, you know, there's a couple of bad apples out there. Um, but when these apps get exposed or whatever, they get taken down. So, um, not to say that it doesn't happen, but it's extremely rare that an application actually does this. Now, 
these researchers, they were trying to disprove this conspiracy theory. You know, they were trying to prove that this doesn't happen. And in the process of trying to disprove this, they actually opened up a whole other issue. So basically what they were doing was they were uh, watching the traffic that these applications sent. They tested thousands and thousands of apps just to see what these apps do. And instead of actually recording your microphone, it turned out that these applications, at least some of them, uh, some of them actually would record what you're doing in the app, a nice video file, and send it off to third-party data mining uh, places. So one of these apps in particular that they disclosed uh, and talked about was an app called GoPuff, which is sort of like a food delivery service type thing. And what this app do, it did is it recorded a video of the screen and sent it off to a third-party mobile analytics company called AppSea. Now, there, there's a couple of things wrong with this. I, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's certainly not great. Um, you risk collecting information that you're not supposed to collect. You're recording their screen, so potentially any information about the person that pops up on the screen is immediately recorded and sent off to this mysterious company called AppSea. So this could be credit card information, you know, addresses, stuff like that. That is that is not cool. Not cool at all with me, at least in my opinion. And just just to make things even worse, their privacy policy, this app's privacy policy did not tell people explicitly that their screens could potentially be recorded and that their personally identifiable information could be recorded and sent off to this mobile analytics company, AppSea. And who knows what AppSea does with these videos. Um, and so after the researchers contacted GoPuff uh, regarding what they had found, they updated their privacy policy to say that the users personally identifiable information may be collected. So you can read privacy policies all you want, but it is quite obvious sometimes companies love to use these privacy policies to lie and not tell you the full story about what they're collecting. It's kind of, it's it's just suspicious. So I would say that apps that do this, I'm sorry, you're not telling me what you're doing, so I don't want to use your application. So I'd say, go puff, you know what? No, I'm gonna go use a different app. Um, so that was sort of interesting. Um, sort of made me mad, but at the same time, I can understand why you would want to collect a video, but there's so many other ways of collecting analytics on how people use your apps. I think a video is kind of useless, and you're actually just, um, just wasting data, wasting time and energy when you could just collect information on how quickly people press buttons and when they press buttons on the app, and that's so much safer. You don't risk, uh, accidentally sending off information like that, and you don't risk jeopardizing uh, a, a user's um, a user's personal information. So basically, in a nutshell, researchers trying to prove that apps don't listen to you proved that apps record what you do on their app. This week, the Xbox One July dashboard update rolled out to everyone over the 4th of July holiday uh, in the middle of the week this week. Uh, but, uh, so while everyone was having their nice 4th of July celebrations here in the United States, 
Uh, you may or may not have noticed, but the Xbox One July update rolled out, and uh, this update contains a, a few little tweaks here and there, and one big feature that I'm going to go ahead and talk about right now. Um, nowadays, Xbox updates, they really don't contain much. It's just sort of quality of life improvements, which I think is great because it means that Microsoft has got, got the Xbox One to a, a position where it's happy with the way the Xbox One works, and so now it's just sort of tweaking things here and there to make the Xbox One better. Uh, so that's a very good sign. It means that Xbox, that Microsoft is happy with how the Xbox One is right now, so they're not really tweaking a whole lot just yet. Now the big, 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 big feature that uh, was released this week was Fast Start. You may remember Fast Start from last, uh, from episode one actually. I was talking about Xbox at E3, and basically what Fast Start is, is it basically downloads the game a little bit faster. It prioritizes certain files over others so you can get into your game two times faster and it uses like machine learning algorithms to determine what files to download first. Really interesting, uh, but this is for Xbox Game Pass games. So it's available on a select number of the popular games on Xbox Game Pass. Now Microsoft says that you'll be able to get into the game two times faster, which is great. And here's why I think it's great. Um, and that is Xbox Game Pass, it's their Netflix for gamers type of subscription service. It throws a whole bunch of games at you that you can go ahead and download to your Xbox and play. Uh, which is great, but the problem is you have to download the games, which if, say, you download three or four games that you want to play, well, that could take hours. So you're waiting hours and hours and hours for the games to actually get to you while it downloads. So Microsoft had a solution here, and that is, well, what if we prioritize certain files so we can get people into the game two times faster, which is great. Absolutely great. That solves one of the biggest problems with Xbox Game Pass is you wait hours and hours and hours to actually get into the games. Now, um, I was a little confused by this at first because I remember one of the first things I noticed about the Xbox was that it had a feature like this already called Ready to Start. It was been there since the beginning, and basically what Ready to Start is is it would download a certain level or a certain area of the game first so you could play that certain area of the game while the rest of the game downloaded. And that's why I was confused because Fast Start and Ready to Start are two completely different things. Ready to Start only lets you play a little part of the game, whereas Fast Start will let you play most of the game and it downloads the important stuff first. Um, and of course, Ready to Start is available to everyone, whereas Fast Start is just, you know, certain games. Microsoft doesn't have a full list of all the games that support it, but they do say they plan on making even more games support it once those uh, titles are updated. So yeah, that is the Fast Start. Again, there were some other tweaks in the July update, but I just wanted to talk about Fast Start mainly because we talked about it a few weeks ago during my E3 coverage here on Let's Talk Tech. We've come to the end of today's episode, but it's time for one thing I liked this past week and one thing I did not like. Now, one thing I was really excited about this week is that the European Union rejected their controversial copyright reform bill, and they sent it back to the drawing board, uh, which is great. Uh, I personally looked through the bill myself, and that is a disaster for the internet in general. It was too vague 
and just copyright abuse would be so possible with this new uh, copyright bill. I'm so happy that it got rejected. Uh, unfortunately, it's not a full reject, though. They've sent it back to the drawing board so it can be updated and all that, and um, it'll be re-voted on in September, so we got a couple of months left before this battle ignites itself again. Uh, it, it's just another example of government getting in the way of internet when they really don't understand how the internet works. They're just trying to make a couple of maybe a music brands or uh, uh, movie producers happy. It, this, this, this copyright law was just horrible, horrible, horrible stuff, and I'm so thankful I don't live in the European Union because that was a disaster bill. Now, the unfortunate thing is, is that a lot of people actually voted no on the bill, or in the European Union at least, voted no on the bill, and the reason why uh, wasn't actually related to the bill, they were just unhappy with the process of how the bill was voted on or something like that. Um, so, yeah, happy it got turned down, uh, but this battle is going to get a whole lot worse in September. Now, one thing I didn't like this week uh, this, it's not that I didn't like it this week, I just made me very sad, and uh, there was a report this week that now that Toys R Us is gone, which for those of you who don't know is like that American toy company uh, store brand in the United States, um, Toys R Us went bankrupt a couple of months back, and uh, they closed their stores last week, and uh, Amazon is looking to fill the void, and apparently Amazon is interested in sending out a toy catalog to uh, Prime members and stuff. So you may, instead of seeing your Toys R Us catalog with all the Toys R Us goodies, you may see an Amazon toy catalog. So it didn't really make me upset or anything. I think it's cool that Amazon wants to do that. I think that's great, uh, especially with Toys R Us gone. You know. I can remember as a kid looking through these toy catalogs, and if Amazon can fill the void uh, for what's missing, you go Amazon. That's great. Um, but Amazon wants to send out a toy catalog this uh, holiday season um, for Amazon uh, Prime members, so you can check out all the toys or whatnot. Um, didn't really make me mad or anything. It's not that I dislike that idea. I actually like it a lot. It just made me kind of sad. It, the reality is starting to sink in. Toys R Us is dead, and that's unfortunate. Uh, Alright, that's all for Let's Talk Tech this week. I hope you all enjoyed. Again, sorry for the shorter episode. wasn't a whole lot to talk about, but hopefully there will be some exciting news next week. And uh, yeah, tune in next time wherever you get your podcast. Remember, we're on all kinds of websites and on YouTube as well. You know, so many places. So thanks for tuning in to Let's Talk Tech this week. I'll see you next week for Let's Talk Tech. The podcast all about talking about technology.